Hey, Gloucester, welcome back to Fishtown Local. I am your crazy Fishtown Local host, Gordon Baird, and I'm with one of my favorite people today. He is the quintessence of Gloucester, Mr. Peter Anastas. Hi, Peter. Hi, Gordy. <laughs> so good of you to join us here. It's a pleasure. Oh, it's fantastic. Hey, so let's start at the beginning. How, where did you grow up? I grew up here. You did? On Perkins Road. Oh, my God. So you were born in Gloucester? I was born in Gloucester, down at the Cut. My mother was born here. <laughs> down at the and My cut. father was born in Sparta, Greece. Uh, your kid? Okay. Well, that's, that, that makes sense. And did you go to Gloucester High and the whole thing? I went to the Hubby School, oh. grade one through six, Central oh, Grammar School, wow. seventh and eighth, Gloucester High School. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, there's one school that uh, Kirk Noyce didn't get his uh, developer's fingers into. <laughs> no, I'm kidding around. Because Hovey School is still empty, isn't it? Hovey School is condos. Oh, it is. Okay. That, was, uh, right. that was Kirk's that was, project okay. after Central, Central Grammar. Grammar. Yeah, I helped uh, measure Central Grammar back in whenever it was, the 60s or whatever. They said, hey, can we get some volunteers to hold tape measures? <laughs> oh, yeah, because yeah. We, we did uh, Kirk work for Action. No, oh, that's right. At the time. Yeah. Uh, he and Carmen, they did uh, community development, and uh, and uh, they were going to uh, tear the Central Grammar School down for a parking oh, lot. Geez. And Safathia's uh, so father, Enzo Jambanco, was the president of the board of directors at Action. And he said, we can't lose this building. He him. said, it's, it's, it's ideal for yeah. elderly housing. Well, the city council said, elderly housing? Who <laughs> needs elderly housing? And uh, they were having a meeting to decide uh, what they were going to do with the school. And uh, my boss, Bill Rochford, said, uh, Enzo, I'm worried. Uh, we've got to try to persuade this council. And Enzo said, don't worry about it. And uh, that evening for the meeting, Enzo showed up with 500 Elders, <laughs> a political tidal wave made the case very strongly, oh, wow. uh, and uh, the uh, city gave mm. the building uh, for one dollar to Action Incorporated. Nice. Kirk then fall, um, organized the Gloucester development team that developed it. We once it was done, the project was done. We spun them off from Action, and uh, oh. and they were on their own, and they still uh, are, are a, a, a big player in Gloucester. Was that the famous city council? That was what I called the famous one. You know, Virginia Virginia Flanagan and Bill Holmes. It was, it, it might have been. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I, I know Virginia was on the uh, yeah. on the council, and certainly Bill. Yeah. Uh, uh, for many many years. Um, and, Steve uh, Moynihan. Uh, in those days, uh, you could uh, you could um, really make a case mm -hmm. um, for a project. Uh, I mean, that was a very strong case with 500 elders showing oh, up. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been one of the most successful projects. Very I know, successful anywhere. Uh, and we marketed it uh, under the um, rubric of. Um, Go back to school to live. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. We didn't have to push very hard because it was amazing uh, uh, how many people wanted, wanted oh, to live Oh, totally. There. Now, what did you do for action specifically? What was your title? I and... started out um, as a social worker in a, an early childhood education program called Home Start, uh, which was a program that uh, uh, supported mothers as the primary educator mm -hmm. of their children. And uh, it was a, a three-year, um, what we call an R&D, a, a research and demonstration program uh, to be used. Action had one of 15 around the country. And what we did is we sent teachers in 
on to work with mothers. Many of these uh, mothers were single parents, and they worked. They were uh, on public assistance, and the teacher helped them uh, hone their skills because we really believe that mothers are innately able to take care of their children and 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 and, and teach them things. And the teachers brought in all kinds of interesting uh, Montessori uh, uh, um, educational and, yeah, educational yeah. Uh, uh, materials, and we also did a whole surround of of, of, of social services. Uh, we worked with them on nutrition, we worked with them on health care, we worked with wow. them on other educational options, and the uh, program was extremely successful. Well, do you know the federal government sort of followed you then? <laughs> All these, well, uh... the amazing thing about that program is that program was developed under Richard Nixon. And Nixon believed in it. Wow. Uh, so uh, he wasn't all bad. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> and there were other things he did that I'm always surprised that no. they came out of and, and it was very successful, yeah. and it became a Head Start option. So Head yeah. Start programs could have that yeah. option. I think food stamps was a Nixon. Food stamps was, yeah. uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and women and infant children, yeah. the program yeah. uh, in which um, mothers got right. uh, a nutritional that foods, WIC uh, yeah. the WIC program yeah. uh, for their for Now, their did children. you go to college um, after I I um, went to Bowdoin College and where I majored oh. in uh, in English and classics. Okay. Then I studied um, medieval literature at the University of Florence in Italy for three years. Wow. And then I came back and I did... Which side of the river is it on? Uh, the downtown or the... Oh, uh, Piazza San Marco, I, uh, right downtown near the, near the, near the, oh near the, near the Duomo, yeah, near yeah. the cathedral. Yeah, not out by the, what is it, the Boboli Palace? Or the Boboli Garden. It's wonderful to walk out there. The Palace. The Petey Palace. It's wonderful to walk out there in the Boboli Gardens. It was fabulous. Oh but uh, no, I was I was in the inner city. Yeah. <laughs> but the Strazi. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, now you then were a journalist by training because you've written, what, four or five books? Well, now? what happened was I was in graduate school. I was about to get my PhD, and I was in my early 30s. And I said to myself, I've been in school all my life. <laughs> I've never done anything else. <laughs> and I said, I've got to get out of this. Yeah. <laughs> and so what I did, I went to live with the Penobscot Indians in Maine and wrote my first book, which is called Blue Caps Children, Encounters with the Penobscot Indians of Maine. Uh, and it was really about how they were struggling with acculturation issues and poverty. And that's when I really got interested in poverty. Wow. How did you get a publisher? Uh, uh, I was published by Beacon Press uh, okay. in, in Boston. They wanted, uh, the American Indian movement was very strong at the okay. time. They wanted to publish a book about Indians that were nearer to them. Mm -hmm. In other words, in the New England area. Mm -hmm. And I gave them a proposal. They were very interested in it. They gave me a, uh, an advance and uh, some, the money so that I could go and, and live See, in Maine yeah. to do it. And I did it. Oh, and it was published yeah. in 1972. Um, so that got me started, mm -hmm. and it's really, that's a piece of journalism, really. But I had been working for the Gloucester Times since I was 14 years old. When I was 14 years old, I was, I was uh, uh, asked to be the Rocky Neck correspondent <laughs> for the Cape Ann Summer Sun. Wow, Sound. and they had one. They had one. <laughs> and, you know, Mrs., Mrs. Green is here for the summer. Uh, you know, Mrs. Arthur and her husband have gone, <laughs> have gone to England. <laughs> that's, uh, that, was, that was my beginning. And then... Uh, of course, at the same time, the reason I did that is I, I was, Central Grammar had a newspaper called the Central Grammar Beam. Gloucester High School had a newspaper called the Gloucester High School Flash, which was published every Saturday night in the Gloucester Times. So nice. I got experience. You would go yeah. to the Gloucester Times office. You would, we would do the newspaper in the school. Then we would go down and work with the editors. 
and uh, and and put the paper together, mm-hmm. and, and so we got that newspaper experience. And that was the days of Phil Wells. That was the days of Phil, and Phil was very progressive. Very, so, and he was like a, a cowboy up in the saddle. He just liked innovation and terrific action, adventure. And- Phil was was one of so progressive. It was amazing. He was he was a very liberal Republican, more liberal than most Democrats. Mm. And he, he was open to anything. And, and, of course, he started the Cape Ann Summer Sun um, uh, in 1950. So when I, a- after my first year in college, uh, and I'd been writing for the paper on and off, um, Paul Kenyon, who was the editor, said to me, how would you like to edit it, the, the Cape Ann Summer Sun? I said, great. So for two summers, I was the editor of the Cape Ann Summer Sun. So that was really significant. And they paid you. They paid Even me. though you were a young That, that was a significant yeah. uh, experience in journalism, you know, uh, writing, editing, uh, p- putting the paper together, oh, r- writing yeah. headlines. So that really got me. As, as a matter of fact, when people say to me, ask me, well, where did you learn how to write? Did you learn how to write? In high school or college, no, I learned how to write in a newsroom. Well, it's like Joe Garlick. Exactly, just like Joe. Was, just yeah. like Joe. Joe, yeah, used, yeah. and we used to talk about it a great deal. You would, uh, they'd send you out anyway. They'd send you out to cover a fire. They'd send you out to cover, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you'd go to court and and and, and cover uh, someone's divorce. <laughs> so uh, you didn't write columns, like the, the famous great Bill Cahill. We used to. the column in the paper at the time. There was a column called the Lookout. And it was, uh, the editors wrote in it, and then sometimes they would ask people uh, in the community to do it. But we didn't have mm-hmm. columns then. Mm-hmm. We had feature oh, articles. Okay. Um, there was a one, Barbara Urkel, who, who wrote beautifully about the uh, granite industry. Barbara was a, was a regular feature writer for the paper. Then there was this marvelous woman in Rockport named Doris Berthold. And we called her the lady with a feather because <laughs> she always had a bird feather in her, in her hair. <laughs> and, and she didn't have a car in those days. She took the bus everywhere <laughs> uh, to get her stories. To get her, yeah, because there was no phoning them in or emailing yeah, yeah, them. All of those things. And yeah. the newsroom was an amazing place. When the Boston Post folded, Herb Kenny. Uh, who was a, a lived in Manchester? Who was a, a crackerjack uh, newsman? He came to work for a period of time at the Gloucester Times as a writer and editor before he then was called to the Globe, where he was the arts editor. So there was a lot of movement. There was a lot of it was a, a it was a real education. Who was your editor back when you Paul Kenyon? Oh, Paul Kenyon was the editor. Paul Kenyon was the editor Phil of the Gloucester Weld. Times, yeah. and he was and he was my supervisor. Yeah. Phil, of course, uh, oversaw the whole paper, mm. and Phil. Uh, uh, Phil was hands-on as a publisher. Oh, totally. I mean, Phil, oh, yeah. Phil wrote Phil yeah. wrote editorials. He, oh, yeah. uh, it was not unknown for Phil to go out and do a story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And I'm trying to think of his successor was that wonderful gentleman, the jogger, who died recently. I can't believe Let's I'm Let's see facing. now. Um, there was. He was the editor, too, for a while. Or maybe yes, was, let's uh, see. What's his name? Oh, whatever. Um, Alex Stoddard was work was was Phil was Phil's pub work with the pill mm-hmm. as the publisher. Um, I can't remember, but yeah. it was it was a very, yeah. a, 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 a very and Joe Garland wrote columns, and so did uh, Bill Cahill, right? Joe and Bill wrote yeah. columns yeah. very yes. early on. It was so lo- local. Oh, they were just just like you said. I'm the Rocky Neck correspondent, but not the East Gloucester correspondent. They wanted to have a local paper. Yeah, and they did. And they kept it. They kept it local, Mm -hmm. and they won prizes for their localism. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's when um, uh, uh, Charles Lowe came to work as a photographer. He had just gotten out of the Navy, and uh, he came to Paul Kenyon, and, and Paul Kenyon said, "Let's see your work," and he showed him some 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 photographs that he'd done. 
he learned the skill in in the Navy and Paul and everybody. We went wild. Yeah. Oh, Charles, uh, Lowe. talk and, about lo- local and angle on there, there, every shot. There was n- n- just nothing, and the yeah. paper, of course changed yeah. I mean, it was always good and and they and we had to take our own photographs and develop and print them ourselves really? they didn't have a they didn't have a, 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 a lab a staff photographer <laughs> you, I mean, you printed them down at the at the lab at the paper and yes the yeah. paper had a dad then, then, then Charles Lowe Charlie came to work at the paper and he did everything mm-hmm. uh, he did all the printing and 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 of course took all the pictures and we had in those days we had the old Graflex four by five cameras they they were so ha- they were so heavy you could hardly well, carry didn't them. they have linotype machines too still and they had linotype yeah. machines yeah i think they still uh, have one of them sitting in the yeah, floor oh, yeah. maybe they got rid and, of and you the noise it was amazing you'd be trying to 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 write your story and and you'd be hearing the linotypes going <laughs> and, and the press going and, yeah. and people screaming back and forth they were sort of like supersonic typewriters it was it was, it was, it was just amazing yeah. and everything came out in hot lead hot lead exactly it was, it was extreme and there were two marvelous proofreaders. Oh. They were retired English teachers, oh. and they sat there and they proofread everything that was written for the paper. Now, did they? Oh, they proofed it in manuscript form. They proofed it. They, they the editors, the editors read your manuscript, yeah. uh, 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 read your copy, and, they, and then and then they then the copy went to the linotype uh, uh, setters, the typesetters, and the, and then the, and then the galleys came to right because the they give you a sample, and then they, the guy just had one hour to that, read the whole that, paper and right. tell, and, and that, they'd have to go change the pieces of metal. It's extreme. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> and 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 the, and and the two women, they're extraordinary. They was they caught every possible error. Could Peter Watson be the name of the guy? I'm thinking Peter. Of? Peter took over, but there was one editor between Paul and Peter, uh-huh. and and I and and, I, and not Bill McCullough. See, I remember. Peter Watson is publisher because he yeah. then went from Peter came to in to be yeah. to be the editor. Yeah. I think I believe Peter came in in the sixties. I think he might have invented the My View. He, Peter series. invented the My View. Yeah, that's he how I got in there. My yeah. first one was in eighty two, and you had to commit to writing six every three weeks, and you had three weeks to give them the next one. But then you were off the list. But I sort of wrote it, and then I stayed on, and they kept letting me send them in. Well, they're very good that way. Yeah. Um, Joe got tired after years of columns yeah. and Peter Watson asked me if I would take over and this was in 1978 and so and as it, editor uh, no no oh. no no as a cause a regular columnist oh, as a, as, as a regular right. columnist yeah. and I thought I remembered you doing and it. I started in 78 and I went for 12 years and wrote 620 columns and, and then I wow. just uh I'm nearing a thousand. Oh, good for you! But Bill Cahill's probably got a couple. Oh, well, Bill and Joe too. I mean, those guys are the. You, you, you may be the star. I wonder. (laughs) I've never gotten a dime from them, so uh, (laughs) I guess they have assured my independence. You you may be. (laughs) But then you know the next thing comes. Of course, you've got to publish them in in a collection. That's the and people love that. They they love Joe's. Yeah. And then and then I went ahead uh, uh, and and. um, uh, a, uh, a did the uh, uh, did a book uh, a walker uh, in the city, which oh. was a collection of oh, that's of, right. of, of, of my uh, of my columns. Now, who was the publisher? How'd you get that publisher? Uh, the publisher was Lost and Found, okay. which comes out of the uh, um, uh, uh, graduate center at, at at the City University of New York. 
Uh, they were they were doing a series of books. They had oh. published they had published some Olson. They had published some Farini. Yeah. Oh. and they took a look at my stuff and they say, "Gee, this is more sellable. <laughs> uh, we want to we want to we want to publish this." Yeah, it's a down home. <laughs> yeah. And so those guys were incomprehensible. <laughs> so uh, and 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 the, and, the, and the graduate students were running the program themselves. Oh, and and they were very interested in Gloucester. They were coming to Gloucester. Uh, at, at the museum, looking at every, looking at Joe Garland's papers, at yeah. Farini's papers, oh. and uh, so that's what uh, my book grew out of that. And I, it was a great. I was very uh, pleased and yeah. touched that uh, uh, that uh, they did it. So that was. That's well, I've it. always considered everybody wants to do uh, my barnyard columns, and the uh, I leave out the political ones, but the barnyard ones seem to really capture people's imagination. People like the human interest. Yeah. I left the politics out of yeah. my collection, yeah. uh, and and just did Gloucester. Growing up in Gloucester, yeah. uh, living in Gloucester, Gloucester issues, yeah. uh, those kinds of things. I try to stay away from politics unless it is something where you have to blow the horn, like. You know, developing ten pound or the soon's lady on the back shore well, and things. You just have to speak up. Well, you have to, and 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 people expect you to. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because when I wrote my library column about let's not yes. put in, I got courage to do that from your letter. That oh, if you me. hadn't written that letter, I might have done it. But once Peter Anastas put that letter, I knew I wasn't the only fool out there who was uh, a lone wolf crying in the wilderness. Well, and you gave me that courage. Well, and thank you, you. How many times have I sent it to you first before I said, I said is this too much? And you'd say, no, come on, do it. Well, you know, I did um, feel that the paper was very open to, mm. to, to, to what, one wanted to do, whether yeah. it was Joe or me yeah. or or or, or yeah. any a number of the other of the columnists. Yeah. At one point, I wrote six columns uh, in a row against Ronald Reagan and his policies, <laughs> and I thought, this is it. Oh, they're going to get to the canyon. This, this, this is it for me. <laughs> well, and, you know, the tradition is carried on because Charles, uh, I mean, David Olson, I think he's fairly open-minded. Oh, okay, absolutely. I don't think the company is. I don't think his bosses are because no. he, that Alabama company, and I, I actually, the uh, only no. ones they never, tr uh, is that I Googled the company, and I was writing about how can they recycle these columns, especially that guy Taylor Emmerding, which were so yeah. pro-Trump and so They're very anti. Yeah, I, I think the, I think the, uh, the paper, uh, what would you call it, the conglomerate yeah, uh, the itself is, 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 on the, is on the conservative side. Uh, put it in but, but I remember Nan Cobby was, was my direct editor at the oh, yeah. time. She was the, she was the, the, um, uh, the editor of the, uh, um, of the of social um, and, uh, and, 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 and public uh, part of the, uh, the paper. And she said to me, well, look, we've had six columns uh, now uh, against Trump. <laughs> really? she, said, she said, and we've gotten a couple of letters, yeah. uh, but not too bad. Yeah. But she said, I think, I think it's time to move on. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I think it's, I'm through. I've said all I have to say about, I said, did I say Trump? I meant Reagan. Yeah, I tried to correct you. Uh, okay. um, yes, yes, I of wrote course. 14 on Fight the Light. <laughs> on why th to not have a light on 128 here by the mall. And People expect you to carry on with these issues, to go from one from from one um, argument to the next, and 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 I think that's what you did, and you did a beautiful job yeah. because it was it was crucial. Oh. That was a very very crucial issue. Like the island was a crucial yeah. issue. 
I like that. The Backshore uh, thing? The Backshore, I like that. Well, I got branded by Michael Costello and the uh, Chamber of Commerce in his speech with you and Valerie as what were we, the most obstructionist or the most dangerous people in the city? And uh, so I keep reminding every five years, I write the thing saying, okay, Michael Costello, here's how many hours Gloucester would have spent at that light. Because I wasn't fighting them all. Because I knew there was no way we were going to stop. No. I was fighting the light because I thought that was fightable. And Mass Highway was against well, it, I, too. I, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. it was good that the state oh. stepped in. But, you know, the, 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 the ironic thing is that Mike was a major force uh, in 1985, I believe, in putting in place zoning on the working waterfront that oh. prevented the development of oh. new housing. Oh. And he was out in front of everybody. How do you like that? The so, moratorium, as yeah, I say. Yeah. Yes, the moratorium. And I, I, Which they just I, now I, got rid of. I, I mean, next year? Uh, yes. Uh, w- once the, or last year. Yeah. Once the, um, what's it called, the uh, the state. Harvard plan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, came, uh, came online. Yeah. Yes, the DEP. Once that came online. But, 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 uh, uh, I meant to remind him that he was uh, on our side at one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've only got about five minutes le- uh, left, so I said, well, what exciting project are you working on now? Well, I'm doing two things. Um, I'm at the Cape Ann Museum cataloging my own papers. Uh, I donated my papers to the museum about a year and a half ago. Um, after Vincent donated his, uh, Vincent Farini and, and Joe, of course, and, and uh, both had, had uh, tried to um, encourage me to do the same, and I did. And so the museum asked me if I would like to catalog them myself. And I said, well, if you teach me how to do it, yeah. uh, uh, I'll be happy to do it. So uh, this is what I've been doing for the past year and a half. I've been down at the museum three days a week. Down in the bowels down of the, the building. Down in the bowels of the building. Yes. I just recently yeah. gave a talk at the museum about, it called, was called Paper Trail, oh. uh, my personal experience of, of working in the archive wow. and trying to explain what an archive is and what papers are and, 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 what, uh, and what, how they uh, form a part of, of, of what the museum's um, mission is. Mm-hmm. So that's number one uh, and I'm doing that with, with great pleasure and I'm just finishing up a sequel after all these years to my memoir, memoir about growing up in Gloucester oh. my first the, the first one was called At the Cut published in 2002 growing up in Gloucester in the 1940s uh, which took me to high school and this book takes me from high school to the present uh, and so oh, I'm just finishing great. that up and uh, hoping to uh, find a publisher. Well, uh, speaking of that, um, were you part of that crazy gang that was Charles Olson and was Vincent Farini and young Jay McLaughlin and all the artists and sculptors and poets? Oh, yes. We spent spent a good deal of time at Charles Olson's house at 28 Ford Square. But you were a young acolyte at that point, weren't you? Oh, quite young. I mean, I was was, uh, 25 years old when I came back from Europe. As was and, Jay, wasn't and, he? Jay, Jay yeah. was a little bit old. Jay's yeah. a little bit older than I am. Okay. Jay, Jay and I had met at the Beacon Marine Basin oh, yeah. in 1962. He came on the show. He was my third guest. Yeah, oh. and he refused to talk about Olson and all that. What he wanted to talk about was 
uh, living at the vegan in the forties and fifties, and what a what a great broadcast that oh, was. Was, it was! We loved it. I forgot there was a fish market. That there. was oh, the fish yeah. market. That was a place to live. Yeah. But now, what was your? How did you fit in there? Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman, all the the superheroes. What was your talent? Were you just the writer of the group, or well, the, I was writing the there, editor. And, and I, the, oh, you yeah. mean at at, at in, in well, in, you in, had in, the poet in, and the sculptors and the you, you mean know. you mean the 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 the, the beacon marine group. Yes. Yeah. Well, everybody. There were, I mean, there were people who lived there who did any number of things. Yeah. I was there writing, and I was in graduate school at the time. And then when I got married, and 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 our first child was coming along, we couldn't live there anymore because yeah, there was no room. That's right. So we moved over to. It's amazing. It's never caught fire. I mean, that place is just. Oh, it's unbelievable. Wonderful. But you know what Jay and I paid in those years? Eighty-five dollars a month rent. Can you imagine that? Eighty-five dollars a month rent. <laughs> it was a perpetual I mean, party. Most, I mean, even even if it, it was, was an, an intellectual enorm- party, it was an yeah. enormous. Party. Yeah. It was a it was a it was a day and night party. Well, I'm just gonna. My last comment will be that you're married to the wonderful, lovely Judy Winslow, whose mother just died last year at 109. Was she? Yes, 109. Uh, that's almost two <laughs> lifetimes. It's like extraordinary two, woman. Two fifty-five year old. <laughs> Mimi was unbelievable. Uh, she was, um, and she always remembered me because she had been, I think, junior to my grandmother. So <laughs> she was always playing up to her. So I was part of that looking up. So she was like, Oh, hi, Gordon. You know, when I'd see her in her 70s, in her youth, you know. She never forgot. (laughs) She had amazing memory. And my mother, who just recently asked, she said, oh, how was Mrs. Minslow? And I said, she's finally succumbed, you know. (laughs) You know know what she said just before she died? She apologized to me that she'd been unable to buy me an L.L. Bean shirt. (laughs) For Christmas. <laughs> I thought you were going to say an electric typewriter. <laughs> well, you lead such a wonderful life, and uh, you have a wonderful family, and uh, we all live in this great town that here. allows you That's to, you know, you sort of did the heart part early. Now is the fun part. There's nothing like so, yeah. I wouldn't think of being anyplace else, Gordon. Well, how many total books so I can recommend everybody go down to the bookstore? Well, I've published 10 books. Okay. Wow. <laughs> They're all out of print except my latest, which is uh, which which was the, the columns. Oh, there you go. And when this new one comes out, everybody, you got to rush down to the bookstore downtown in the West End there. And uh, is that where... That's right. It will, it will be called From Gloucester Out. Oh, that's great. Well, speaking of Gloucester out. They're going to kick us out here soon. So I want to thank my guest, Peter Anastas, and my superb engineer, Becky Tober. They named a month after her. And uh, uh, again, we have so enjoyed having you, Gloucester, on Fishtown Local. So we will see you next time. Thanks, Peter. Thank you.